That's not my idea of queer rep. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. And I am hacked off. And you're probably thinking, oh God, what's got her mad now? And in a nutshell, it is people lining up to have a go at Vivsy Pop, Has Been Hotel and Hell of a Boss. Seriously, I can't believe how it's gone from when I first got into Halliver, just being a minor indie show that very few people knew about, to suddenly being the punching bag of the internet. Just go on Twitter. It is relentless for no good reason at all that I can see. Like you get official accounts for other cartoons making snide comments about it. You're getting randos saying that they're going to rewrite Has Been when it hasn't even been released yet. You're apparently getting people going up to my followers and telling them that if they're wearing a Has Been or Hell of a t-shirt that they're objectifying gay people and it's bad queer rep and you think where has this come from what are they doing and I thought I'm getting a bit fed up with this I think it's time that somebody defended these shows and I thought well why not me and it's really insidious the way that it's happened as well because at least if it's some right-wing vlogger that makes his whole thing about how much he hates things being woke or SJWs. People look at that guy and are like, oh, we know your game. You're just clickbaity. You're a reactionary. We don't take you seriously. But the people that go after Helliver and has been, they are, they're performative allies. They put up this pretense of virtue signaling and pretend that they're doing it for gay people when they clearly haven't consulted anybody LGBT in real life. They've just heard about it via some vlog, via some podcast or some other article and gone, oh yeah, that's a nice bandwagon that I can get my knickers in a twist about. And I just thought, no, sorry, no can do. I'm not putting up with that anymore because I feel that this is some of the best representation that we've had for queer people in years, if not ever, and I am sticking up for it. Because I grew up in the 90s and noughties. I know what bad queer representation looks like because it was a dire time anyway for gay people, but particularly in animation where everything was caricatured and made to appeal to the lowest common denominator because they seriously seem to believe that nobody would recognize a character was gay unless they were some outrageous stereotype and this really did a disservice to gay people because not only did it make homophobic people more bigoted but it also made gay people discriminate against them as well because they would look at the characters in these cartoons and go oh you're too camp or you're too butch to people when that was genuinely how they were because some people are visibly queer and cannot pass and they were just saying oh you're too much of a cliche I can't be seen with you I don't want to date you and I certainly don't want to be like you all because somebody from an adult animation thought it would be a bit funny to do sissy gay guys or hulking lesbians although may I point out lesbians 
practically did not exist. I guess they couldn't think of enough funny stereotypes about them. And also because these shows were primarily for straight guys, they thought, well, why would we need a lesbian unless it was there to be sexy or something? So you'd have that. And then you'd also have a storyline where the main character found out that somebody that they knew was gay. And then it had to be a case of, oh, should I still accept them? And it's like, yeah, but no, apparently this was a dilemma that was worth spending like 24 minutes of an episode on. And at the end, they did tend to go, oh, yeah, that is still my sister or that is still my friend or that is still my boss. And as the gay person watching this, I would just think, oh, how magnanimous of you. But there would always be a reset button pressed where if another topic pertaining to gay people came about, like should gay people be allowed to marry? Should gay people be able to adopt? Then they would have this all over again where they'd be like, oh, I know that you're my sister, but I still don't think that you should be able to marry the woman you love. Or, oh, my boss wants to have a baby with his partner, but I don't think he should be able to because they need a man and a woman, a mother and a father. And you're just thinking, what? Who is this for? It just sent a message to any queer people in the audience that this is not for you, that you're always going to be an extra in some straight person's story, that you're going to teach them lessons. And I just could not stand that. I just thought, when are queer people going to be able to make their own shows? And I honestly thought it was never going to happen. I I, I just thought I'd be watching some reiteration of this story over and over again until the day I died and it pissed me off and that is why Hasbin and Helliver have been such godsends if that's the best thing to say about a show that's set in hell so we'll look at Hasbin first seeing as that is the one that most people know in fact people seem to think they're the same thing because I do get people doing kind of like drive-by insults on Twitter going, coming from by somebody with a has-been PFP, when it's not, it's a moxie, so it's hell of a, do your research. So, I can understand, let's address the elephant in the room here, Angel Dust. Because speaking of somebody that watched hell of a first, and then went to has-been, I can understand if this was your first exposure to the work of Vivsi, that if you knew nothing about her and her aims and so on, you might think that he was a cliched gay man. I mean, I have no problem with him being visibly camp and androgynous because he's a he's a sex worker, he's a porn star, he's there to appeal to as many people as possible. So that is fine. The thing I really dislike about Angel Dust is he comes across as one of those nasty gays that you used to get in 90s sitcoms. The kind of like, ooh, no fish type gays. Like, um, is he called Jack? Jack and Will and Grace. The type of guys that just would not stop being rude to lesbians and women. They just come out with horrible misogynistic comments. Like, Angel is racist and sexist to Vaggy. And when she asks him, is he being racist or sexist? He's like, oh, whatever pisses you off. I can't do his voice at all. And just virtually everything that comes out of his mouth is an innuendo or 
a swear word or something like that. And I am not easily shocked and I am not approved by any means. But I just thought they could have given him something to make him come across as a sympathetic character because I get it set in hell and that he needs to redeem himself. So this is him at his lowest. But I still didn't see anything that made me think, I want to follow this guy through a whole story arc. Because they did do the addict video. I think this was possibly in response to criticisms about Angel. And that is much better. It gives you his backstory and um, his relationship with Cherry Bomb, his friend, and um, how he's abused by his pimp Valentino. But we could have had that in the pilot somewhere. I mean, you didn't have to have like a whole flashback or anything like that. But just anything that made it clear that he wasn't just this mean bitch that went around pouring scorn on everything. Because I, I did find him very hard to like. And Ruth has made it clear that she can't stand him. And that's why she's just lukewarm about has been on the whole. So I get why people might have been turned off by that. And he also has, he just gives off an aura of creator's pet because Vivsi has spoken about how he was one of her earliest creations. And you can see that he is a teenager's idea of what a cool, edgy character would be like. And to be honest, I think she's already got that in one of her stories. She's got Blitz and he does the whole damaged, funny, queer man malarkey so much better. He's got so much more charisma. So I really do think that Angel as a character stands some extensive rewrites. Right now we've got Charlie and Vaggy, our leads. I actually really like them, both of them, because it's very rare to have a sapphic couple. And when I say sapphic, I mean one of them is bi and one of them's a lesbian. And unusually, they do not perform. What, what is the word I'm looking for here? They, they don't represent themselves in the way that you would expect because Charlie is the more masculine presenting. Presenting, that was the word I was looking for. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's some um, Saturday B12 brain. So she wears a tux and she still manages to be Disney princess in hell. And I like that. I like the fact that she had all these contradictions and she just felt like an actual person. The fact that she's trying so hard, but is unintentionally being condescending towards the very people that she's trying to help. And she's going around singing, even though Vaggy doesn't want her to. And it did feel like a proper lesbian relationship. In fact, some people, because it was very subtle, they didn't see it. They thought they were just friends. I mean, anybody that is in an actual queer relationship, so me and Ruth, for example, we looked at them and were like, yeah, they're totally a couple. Because although they don't kiss or do any PDAs as such, they do definitely have that chemistry that synchronicity between them I mean one time a guy calls um Charlie a stupid bitch and he thumps her so even though she's already told her not to sing and that she doesn't approve of the plan at all she still loves Charlie and wants to support her even though she thinks it's all onto a hiding onto nothing and I liked that and people have been quite mean about um, Vaggy. They keep saying things like she's grumpy, she's unlikable, she's a racist stereotype, which when you consider that she's the character that's modelled on Vivsi herself with the same heritage, you're thinking, 
no, I don't think so somehow. I didn't like the way that they kept making fun of her, though, all of the characters. It did feel like, oh, let's make the lesbian the butt of the joke. I mean, I've spoke about that in the Has Been episode because I want there to be a show where you have an established sapphic couple as the leads. I mean, I don't expect them to get anywhere near the same amount of focus as Stolas do because they're together, because that's not the main storyline. But I would still like them to have moments to make it clear that they're a couple, to have them be affectionate and maybe up to sexy times and so on, and just make um, their relationship run alongside that of the hotel because I feel that that was a part of the story that worked, that was convincing. I just found it much more compelling than Angel. And it also the fact that one's a sinner and one is the princess of hell because there's just so much that you could do with that dynamic. It was just so interesting and multi-layered. So I don't think that has been deserves the crap that is heaped upon it because it's not perfect. It's not my favourite. There are some places where I think that it could have done with an edit, maybe take out this character, put another one in, maybe consider that. But overall, I think it's a good effort. It was just Vivsi when she was a relatively inexperienced storyteller and um, when she hadn't had such a strong grasp on her creations. And also, I just don't feel like the voice acting is as polished either. I, I don't feel like the characters leap off the screen like they do with Halliver. Well, okay, now we're on to Halliver. And as you know, I could happily talk about Halliver until the cows come home. I just love... I love the queer representation in this. And this is an unusual one for me in that I learned to love it. Because when I watched the pilot, I did think that Stolas was going to be your creepy, predatory, queer villain type. And I just thought, oh, not this again. Not in the 2020s. What the hell? And that Blitz was just going to be your standard kooky boss who slept with guys and just bothered people and was just there to be a bit of a laughing stock. But as the story develops, when you realise that they have feelings for each other, that these have grown over time, wow, it, it was amazing. And I don't even care how the relationship started because that seems to be the turn off for most people, that they think that it's prostitution, which it isn't because they were just going off the scene in the pilot where it made it look like he stole the book. But going from the conversations and everything we've witnessed since, I personally believe that Blitz asked him for the book and he agreed to let him have it because he doesn't react like somebody that's angry that he's been duped and um, tricked into sleeping with somebody so he could steal something back from him. None of that. It just looks like they came to this arrangement. So I don't think he was blackmailing Blitz for sex or anything like that. And I don't care that he's cheating on Stella because as the circus makes abundantly clear, it was a forced marriage cooked up by his dad when he was a kid 
and Stella is the worst. There is no love there. You cannot commit adultery if the person that you're married to is an abuser who doesn't love you and never has. I mean, do you honestly expect somebody to stay in a relationship like that for the rest of their life? No, he deserves better. And people bringing Veer into it as well because they ignore her the rest of the time, going, oh, he shouldn't have access to her. He shouldn't be gay around her. Why the hell not? Are you seriously suggesting that rather than be with her dad who she loves just because he's gay, are you seriously suggesting that she should not be with him anymore, that she should rather go to her mother who is cold and distant and doesn't care if she lives or dies? No, I, I don't accept that. It all reeks of the old homophobic idea that queer people were unfit parents and would somehow make their children gay as well. I don't buy any of that. And it's just the first time that I saw somebody coming out and accepting themselves because it's a massive journey and I know it seems to have freaked some people out and crept them out a bit but when you've been in the closet for that amount of time you do just explode and you want the world to know and you want the person that you're in love with to know because I was probably really gay gay super gay when I first came out because Ruth did sometimes tell me to tone it down a bit and you just can't help it and you're just into everything like you want to try every type of sex just everything that you've been missing you want to find out all about the gay world all about queer literature history culture because you've been deprived of it for so long you just want to go out there and try it all and this is what's happening with Stolas he feels like he's in a second adolescence or something because he was never allowed to date he was never allowed to be himself he just wants to go out there and sample all of it and I find all of this incredibly sympathetic moving and meaningful and I love the fact that they showed him as a gay child falling in love with Little Blitz at first sight because I don't think I've ever seen that in a TV show before because they want to keep up this, this notion that children can't be gay because in the UK it started with Thatcher and that lot and with Section 28. They were saying children are being cheated out of a good start in life and feeling like they have an inalienable right to be gay. That was the phrase that she used. So they wanted to make people think that nobody was naturally gay, that it was something that they were coerced into, that somehow sinister gay adults recruited them. When in fact, people are gay pretty much as soon as they're aware of that sort of thing. Like I realised I fancied Disney princesses and I realised that I've much preferred my female friends to any boys that are on the horizon. Because when everybody was saying, oh, who do you like? I wanted to say, I like Jessica, my best friend, but obviously I couldn't because I'd already gathered by then that there was something funny about girls that liked other girls. So just seeing Stolas and his crush on Blitz, what well, was just beautiful. And it just upset me that you had people arguing about it and saying it was fanficy and it was unrealistic and not normal because it is. Because I fell head over heels in love with my best friend when I was a similar age, because I reckon they're like 10, 11, something like that. So it is completely authentic and it is true to the characters. And I can understand why if 
he still holds a candle to him or for him even that that is why the instant the blitz appears in his life again he thinks that this is his chance that this is the one that got away that he's the person that he first realized that he had these feelings for so it all makes perfect sense to me and I just love how it's done a reversal of the normal romance setup that they have done virtually everything you can think of in the bedroom and now they're falling in love now they're crushing on each other and wanting to have dates and I don't I don't like this idea some people have that once they start being boyfriends that they need to suddenly switch to being really sedate and chaste to my way of thinking if they're a pair of kinky fuckers they should carry on being it if that's what they truly like and truly enjoy so i've no problem with that and the way that people are rude about blitz too because he is a bit of a train wreck to be sure but you do get lots of people like that in the community who are unhappy who have had bad experiences with people of all genders who have mental health issues that sleep around that drink that take drugs so again i don't see why we're having people judge him because this is what some people are like it's what happened i mean considering what an abusive environment he came from in the first place with a father like that a father who thought it was acceptable to sell him for a condom and a five note or whatever it was and the fact that he's never known real love that he doesn't believe that he's worthy of it so he just self-sabotaged and this just rings really true to me and even the fact that he's gone and adopted Luna and I love the fact that they are both dads because you had so many people trying to make out that queer people couldn't adopt and couldn't be parents that they would have to have their children taken off them and I love, love the fact that although they both have flaws they love their daughters dearly and would move heaven and earth for them well, hell enough, whichever. So, and the fact that they're both equally interesting because so many times you get one reasonably well-written gay character and then it's just like they go, oh, he's gay as well, put them in a relationship and it's boring. You just have the same, the same ins and outs the same milestones, the same homophobic relatives. And that's another thing that I like. The fact that other than the scene in Aussies, which will turn around and bite and fizz and Aussie on the butt because they too are involved in a secret gay relationship that crosses class barriers, you haven't had anybody being funny about them. The only person that's enraged about the relationship is Stella, and that is simply because she's a classist controlling bitch that can't stand the thought of her husband being happy and sleeping with imps. And Via is upset because she thinks that he's going to leave her again because he's finally happy and realises that there's life beyond his prison. But he would never leave her. So that's the important thing. And I love that you've got Moxie and Millie too, that you have a bi couple who are happily married and in the most loving relationship possible. The, the fact, because you do get people portraying bi marriages as being, I don't know, um, unhappy, 
all over the place, just an excuse for threesomes. And in the, this just isn't the case with those two. They're supportive, they're kinky, they're funny. They, they are my idea of a perfect marriage. And you do get people that somehow just look at them and just think straight, but it's so obviously not the case. And the fact that even though Blitz is as annoying as hell and stalks them when he's not, well, you're never supposed to stalk anybody, but you know what I mean, that they realise it is because he's sad and he's messed up and he's lonely. And it's just, he wants a found family because he sees them as his family because his own has been such a disappointment. Because I think if anybody had done what he'd done in real life at Aussies, then they would probably have handed in their resignations and never spoken to him again. But I think Millie realised, don't kick a man when he's down. And I realise I'm talking about them like they're real people, which I probably wouldn't do in any other review. But this is what makes this show so great because I am so used to queer characters just being supporting and just being really, really thinly sketched out that they're gay and that they have like maybe a few characteristics here and there and that's it. Well, these are characters that despite them being princes of hell or imps or whatever, they do feel like actual people that you might meet. Because I will be honest with you, if Helliver had just turned out to be an urban fantasy set in hell, or even a black comedy sitcom set in hell, which I think lots of people thought was what was going on, I maybe would have lasted a couple of episodes. I mean, I would have thought it was funny, but I certainly wouldn't be divulging this much. <sighs> but no, it's because of the queer rep. J just feeling that we have these characters who reflect gay experience so well. Because I can look at these characters and for the first time see elements of my life that even though they're obviously in a fantasy world, I, I can still look at it and think, yes, that's what it's like to be a gay child. Um, that's what it's like to be coming out for the first time and to finally being having sex with somebody that you love rather than just having to do the whole compet thing. I, I just think it's extraordinary and it's just means so much to me and so much to other people as well because the other hell of a fans and other has-been fans that I talk to about it on a pretty much daily basis, we all agree that this is more than just a show. This is where, for the first time, people are seeing their own lives up on the screen or people that hadn't really thought about their feelings for um, the same gender before, hadn't been able to pursue them, that they're finally seeing these things talked about. So this is why when you get some talking head on Twitter going on about how it's poor rep and it fetishizes people and it's the worst possible. You just say, no, just look at all these people discussing the show. Look at how it's obviously resonated with them and touched them deeply. 
Just ask around. Don't get all of your information from TikTok or from other source. Just just ask and watch the show as well because I firmly believe that all these people that are coming out with these bad takes have only watched, say, the pilot and maybe the early episodes because I don't see how anybody in their heart of hearts could have watched Truth Seekers, Aussies, The Circus and Seeing Stars and still come away saying, I don't think that Stolitz genuinely care about each other. I, I, I just, I just don't get it. And people insisting that Moxie is straight when he isn't and when in the next episode we're going to see his ex-boyfriend <laughs> so I, I just I, I just despair of them but uh I mean I, I realize I've probably got a bit carried away here and um but when you love something and when it speaks to you so deeply you do, I mean, I don't feel like I am personally being attacked because I can separate myself from my interests. I'm not one of those people that thinks that my opinions are me because that's why some people get so aerated about it. But I just want to say to them, look, you're wrong. I don't want to get into a fight with them. I don't want to be abusive because then they won't learn. Then they'll just think, oh, that's some crazy fan who can't take criticism. I just want them to give it a chance to listen to what people have to say and then give it another go to just ignore the vlogs and other things that they might have seen where you have some 17-year-old who thinks that everything should be like some teenage rom-com. I, I think they should try it and then see what they think. And if they still don't like it, then that's entirely up to them. But they shouldn't go around claiming that nobody should watch it and that it's all bad and it's harmful queer rep because it really isn't. Oh. And um, I've talked myself hoarse, so, um, okay, probably not in the slightest bit coherently either, but there you go. Um, until next time, love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and you can also follow us on social media. We are at Tentacles Not on Twitter and on Facebook. Our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.